0: Welcome to Speaking of Strong Style, where we discuss the news, issues, and events surrounding New Japan pro wrestling. I'm Stephen Conway. With me, of course, Jeremy Finestone, contributors to the Fight Game Media Network. We are coming off the new beginning in Osaka. The show was yesterday. It was a, a big show with a lot of news, a lot of emotion, in a sold-out Edion Arena, and of course... Yesterday was also Super Bowl Sunday there, and uh, we will. Uh, we knew not to go against that. We know no one touches the NFL, so we wanted to come on today and talk about it, though, because there was a heap of emotion, and we saw one of the matches of the year. We saw, I'm not totally sure what that main event was. We're going to talk all about that. Uh, we also <laughs> saw some developments that will lead into the new beginning in Sapporo, so all kinds of stuff to discuss on this one, Jeremy. I know it is a, a lot to take in in a, a short time, but uh, what did <laughs> overall thoughts on uh, the day we had in Osaka yesterday? New beginning.
1: I'm gonna be honest with you if that show hadn't happened yesterday morning, I'm not sure the mood I'd be in after the Niners <laughs> lost last night. Well, yeah, I'm a very no, yeah. guy, but that show was so good that it has had real estate in my head. Uh, mm-hmm. Through the game, through this morning, through this conversation, there's so much about this show that like the first half of the show wasn't really much, right? But once you got to the three or the four last matches, it became it became something special. And we've been saying that a lot lately with some of these shows that they've been having. But the but the audience showed up and showed out with a sellout of five thousand three hundred. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were loud. Uh, I felt like I was, I felt like I was in the crowd in a, in some of these matches. The way that they shot the cage match, and man, there's just so much to talk about. But I really did have a lot of emotions, had to process a lot while watching the show
0: yeah and we knew there were going to be a couple of them will osprey's final match under new japan contract we knew it was one of okada oh the last okada tanahashi clash Mm -hmm. uh, was taking place there we knew that was going to be emotional and then we found out there was some more there that we didn't even know we were going to get that we're going to get into and uh colin and vankin are here hello guys glad you're here with us and uh thanks to everybody who tunes in or listens to this uh watches it later we're grateful to all of you for being here with us and i guess we should just go into the 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 lineup and just talk about these as they come on we talked about this a little bit last week that the first half of this card was more about setting up the new beginning in Sapporo than anything else and then the second half of the card was a super card yes and, and that is how it played out so uh, let's get through that first half of the of the show and uh, there, there was a lot of uh, interesting things going on in it now we, it opened up with a tag match with uh, Toriano and Yo facing Bolton uh, Oleg and uh, Ryusuke Taguchi. It didn't go very long, only 3 minutes, 45 seconds. But uh, the funny thing is it did have a clever ending, which was that uh, Oleg was going to do his gut wrench thing on Yano where he picks the guy up and swings him around. And Taguchi decided he was going to try to do that with Yo. But while Oleg was busy uh, hoisting Yano left and right, uh Taguchi was rolled up by Yo and pinned so Oleg turned around We like, blind Bol-
1: Bolton he had no idea what was going no,
0: on no I didn't know what was <laughs> happening right there so that was kind of a clever finish and uh then afterwards uh Oleg just said I I need to uh remember that it's not just about myself I have to remember my partner and he said all the right things in the post-match so, goes
1: I got a question for you okay is Bolton on his excursion right now
0: yeah, I'm not. I don't think he's getting one. I don't think he's going yeah. on excursion. Like
1: I feel like they're checking off the boxes for his excursion in some of these matches. because mm-hmm. they're giving him attention and play as a young lion that they don't give, no. like attention to. So it's oh. just it's curious to me, and I wondered if if you think he's going to end up anywhere.
0: Well, I mean, I don't, we've talked about this before. Is I think yeah. that if, if one of these groups implode or you know just there are enough changes that one of them dissolves yeah. and a new group is formed he's the first draft pick he's he's what 100%. what tmdk did with food is like you're you're our young guy uh only this time it's going to be this monster dude right there mm-hmm. but uh mm-hmm. yeah and uh oh yeah th- we're already getting some comments about the cage match we're going to talk plenty <laughs> about that cage match. Well, yeah, we
1: there's an hour's worth of information and <sighs> this, is, this is where steven conway we all find <laughs> out the hero that he is because oh, he's the no. one that does the recap and does the play-by-play to discuss it and uh he's gonna be on fire today everybody but
0: i can't do it here's why <laughs> i have we're gonna talk about it but we ha- i have four pages of notes because i just kind of take them as i go along right sure. watching live i have four pages of notes i am not going to break down that match that much we're just going to talk about it, but. Yeah, oh, but you'll be man.
1: able to hit the bullet points <laughs> i'll hit the bullet points
0: uh, next up was tag team match with Bishamon, Yoshihashi, and Hiroki Goto against Callum Newman and the Great Okan from the United Empire. Now, this was a, a very basic match to reestablish Bishamon uh, as a tag team, as contenders, and they uh, it was a perfectly fine match. It was a very normal match that you would see with, with these guys. Bishamon ended up getting the win with the Shoto on Callum Newman, just like you would think. So it was just a win for Bishamon, which is always healthy. They always want to keep those guys as kind of a pillar of that tag team division. But... The bigger news is what we found out afterwards in the post-match comments that Hiroki Goto's father passed away 10 days ago. He passed away on February 2nd. And he's been dealing uh, with uh, all the emotions that come from, from losing your father. And there was some very moving comments from both he and Yoshihashi about how those two, and probably more than that, but those are, these are the ones they mentioned, uh, were there for each other during this uh, time. So uh, Yoshihashi mentioned it's more about just being friends in the ring. It's being there when they're going through things. He said that he's been very down, as of course he would be, and uh, this match is more to get him Uh, back in the groove a little bit. But uh, more importantly, and and of course, Goto said that he was uh, dedicating uh, himself to honoring the memory of his father. So uh, we knew that there was going to be emotion with Osprey. We knew there was going to be emotion with Okada. Mm -hmm. But I I didn't expect that Goto was going to hit me in the heart, too. uh, So uh, thoughts, uh, of course, to uh, much love to Goto's family uh, at the time of this loss.
1: I watched the backstage comments about an hour before we went live, and it was like hit me like a ton of breath. You're like, excuse me, what? And mm. then they just move on. Like it's just, it's like a little segment in the backstage and they don't even pause. Like they don't even like give it like weight beyond the segment itself. It's just part of the production. So you're just like moving on and then it's talking about, and then they're moving on to like the house of torture of the backstage comments. So the mm. tonal shift after that <laughs> is super weird, but mm. it is incredibly moving. And, uh, it, it was hard to process at the time, and I just the best wishes to uh, Hiroki Goto and you mm-hmm. and Yoshiashi for supporting him. You know now why they haven't been around, and kind of thought it might have been an injury bug, but no, it was far, far different and far, far more consequential in a different way. And uh, this was to get Great O'Con and Callum Newman on the card because as we get to the cage match, their presence will have made an impact. Mm-hmm.
0: After that, there was an eight-man tag match that included a couple of things that will affect the Sapporo cards. So House of Torture, Evil, Ren, Narita, Show, and Yujiro, with Dick Togo, uh, faced Desperado, Shota Umino, Tiger Mask, and Tomoaki Honma. Now, this only went 8.43, and the match itself wasn't even the point so much, although... Uh, it, it was a decent match here. The baby faces each got their moments in. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the end, though, Dick Togo distracted the referee. Show got a low blow on Tiger Mask, then Rennerita hit him with the push-up bar. They're trying to get a lot of heat on that push-up bar. And uh, Show then hit Shock Arrow to win. Of course, Show then uh, grabbed the junior heavyweight title belt. And Desperado managed to get his mask back. Uh, but uh, he didn't, he lost the title, not didn't lose the title, he lost the belt that was stolen by show. Desperado is still the champion. Afterwards, Evil then spray-painted, not the belt, he already did that, so he spray-painted Shota. Spray-painted a big old X Mm -hmm. on his chest to piss him off, and that puts a little bit of steam on their uh, never-open-weight title match. And uh, aside from that, we got Desperado getting on the microphone saying that uh, you know, he's sick of shows antics. And he says, but you know, if he wants a title match, this is something I found was very interesting. He said, if you want a title match, I'll put the title on the line, but if you lose, you have to join strong style. And he I told show, <laughs> Sho, you'll be getting melon pond for me, which is a really delicious little uh, flavored bread in Japan. He said, you'll be fetching me melon pon, uh, day after day, basically saying you'll be my uh, attendant uh in the strong style you'll be my young boy there which i which i did find very uh amusing sounds like that's what they're going with on this because they said it right in front of the whole osaka crowd it's not on the website yet but uh it is a title match now and we suspected that there was going to be some angle in this one to make that a title match
1: okay so there's a couple of things to play here number one they just announced The anniversary show will, in fact, be the junior heavyweight champion versus the heavyweight champion uh, on March 6th. So, if you wanted to do potentiality, you have potentially Naito versus El Desperado, if both were to retain their titles in upcoming title matches. Otherwise, you'd have Sonata versus El Desperado, or Sonata versus Show, or Naito versus Show. And so if you want to come to your conclusions of what sounds like the most interesting anniversary show, that is what sounds mo- the most interesting to me. What also sounds interesting is the shakeup that could possibly happen by moving show out of House of Torture, kind of because once Canamaro showed up there, it was kind of two people serving the same purpose. And mm. I don't know where they're going to go with this. They uh, they surprised me with that one title change tonight that I felt pretty confident wasn't going to happen. Yeah. So I'm not ruling anything out. But no, you can't. But no, you if can't. you were to look down the line and see what would do the best business later on, I'm kind of leaning towards where they would go. It's an interesting stipulation, and it's one way to get the ball rolling for all these stable shifts that we're going to see.
0: Yeah, that's what kind of the way I read it also. And like you mentioned, of that combination, the match that seems to be the best ticket seller would be Naito versus Desperado. It's certainly the right. one I want to see more than any of the others on there. But you make a good point that we saw a title change we didn't expect and there might be something to really push House of Torture a little bit further. Uh, but you know that it, there's also could be giving House of Torture <laughs> something if Shoto Umino is going to capture the Never title. You know that you know how they like to balance things out. So we'll yeah. see how that turns out. But I they, love your
1: it, nervous it, laugh when you're trying to comprehend that. You're like, eh, well,
0: well. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's a tough one. Uh, after that, we did have the 950th meeting. Nine, well, how many are we counting?
1: Fifth. It is the 950th that we were tracking.
0: <laughs> Just five guys: Doki, Sonata, Taichi, Taka, and Yuya Uemura defeated a. Uh, IJ, Bushi, Hiromu, Shingo, Naito, and Suji. Of course, this is all the setup for the 24th in Sapporo, where there will be a series of singles matches between these factions. But the teams did recognize this occasion and they turned things up. There isn't a whole lot. New to do with these 10-man tags, but this was a good version of this match. And we've seen it a lot, but this was a good version of it. In the end, Sonata tapped out Bushi with the skull end, which is the correct finish. He's challenging for the World Heavyweight title. He needs to look strong. And afterwards, there was this very odd exchange in the post-match comments between Taichi and Shingo, where they mm-hmm. talked about how we should have a stipulation because everybody else has a stipulation. They're doing hair. They're doing a title match. You know, what should we do? And I think this was improvised because they really actually didn't think of anything. It was like, they talked about putting their YouTube channels up against each other. It seemed to be just playful improvising. And it was very meandering. I don't think there's actually a stipulation on this, but these two trying to find a purpose to their match was amusing for a few minutes.
1: It made me happy. I mean, we've been, we've been tracking the 905th match and as much of it's like, ha ha ha. Uh, it really has been a lot, but they've, yeah. The feud has done a good job of staying in second gear for the entire time that it needed to while it was, you know, taking a backseat to Osprey, taking a backseat to Okada, doing everything that it needed to do until the 23rd and the 24th, where they're going to blow this feud wide open, finish it all off. And we're going to be talking to that about that soon. But at the top end of the lower end of this card, you know, fourth of eight is exactly where it needed to be because. Man, no one's really interested in Naito and Sonata as much as they're interested in everything else that is going on.
0: Well, certainly there's more heat on that Uemura versus Suji hair match. That's really the the big one out of that one, but we'll see how it all turns out when we get to Sapporo. After this, though, we came up to a very important match, and this is Kazuchika Okada and Hiroshi Tanahashi. Now, there is a lot of history between these two, of course, a lot of history in this building. Remember, Eddie Arena is where the Rainmaker shock took place in 2012. That's when he challenged Tanahashi at Wrestle Kingdom. They had their match at the New Beginning show there in uh, in the Eddie Arena, this very same building, and to everyone's surprise at the time, Okada pinned Tanahashi with the Rainmaker to win his first IWGP title. So this is the obvious place to have the final one. 16 minutes and 50 seconds. This was the greatest hits package. Tanahashi can't quite do what he used to do. Mm -hmm. And, uh, excuse me, Uh, go ahead and talk about this
1: one for a moment, Jeremy. There has been something like 17 Okada-Tanahashi matches. And this is probably ranked somewhere between 14 and 17. And that's fair, and that's fine. This was, I heard someone else mention it this way. I I had it all queued up for myself, but they, they stole it. This was the WWE version of their match where everything was decompressed. They did the greatest hits. They did all the moves that they are known for, but it wasn't worked at a high pace. It wasn't worked at the intensity of their Wrestle Kingdom or their uh, Osaka match years ago, anything like that. This wasn't that. This was the familiarity. This was the emotion. This was was a goodbye and a respect and a tribute to everything that they had done before. Uh, It was... It was emotional, even from the moment the music hit. And it was interesting. I think Tanahashi's music, he played old, they played the older version of his song in tribute to their feud because they had to alter the music right when he was coming out. And that was really interesting. And then Okada came out and he was visually, uh, he was visually emotional and the crowd When Okada came out, they were 100% behind him. Then Tanahashi came out. When Tanahashi went and did his introduction, all of a sudden the crowd was entirely behind him. And just the Osaka crowd, this was the moment that you realized that they were taking over this show. (laughs) And they were going to let you know what they thought. And Steven, I'm going to let you take it back. I think you're ready to go.
0: It was a, a very a crowd, a crowd that was very into everything. You're right. There were Okada chance <clears throat> for his entrance. He was crying on the way down to the ring. Mm-hmm. Then as soon as he did anything heelish, they playfully booed him. They gave him a little bit of a boo. Like, yeah, we see what you're doing. You know, we'll, we'll give you a little bit of a light heel uh, boo right there. But they were always on both of these guys' sides. Yeah. And so they were happy to be seeing the match one more time. They understood what it was. And, yeah, uh, Tanahashi did try and, and Venkin mentions it here. He said it's because of Tana's age that they didn't go. Yeah, he just can't do what he used to do in the ring anymore. And I think they understood that. So there's no sense of trying to have some sort of all-time classic right there. It's just not going to work out the way it did. So do the hits, do all the stuff. He did yeah. do an aces high from the top rope to the floor onto Okada. So that was a bit of a risk. He did that, though.
1: Go back like in the end. came up in 100% uh, when he had to work, too. Hmm. Like.
0: Yeah. Yeah, toward the end, they started hitting the big moves, and Okada got the landslide and the Rainmaker for three. It's exactly what these guys are capable of. It was very good. It was still a fun match. Sure. Uh, it, it's not one of their all-time classes, so you're right, but uh, they did everything well. Everything was crisp. All the timing was good. They can you can got- have
1: a three-and-a-half, four-star match with their eyes closed with each other. I mean, yeah. these are two of the greatest of all time, and their shittiest match is matches <laughs> that other people would dream of their of being their best match Absolutely like that's true. what we're talking about here like it's a hard way to explain it other than it's like even if you think it wasn't good it or wasn't their best it was still exceptionally good because of the caliber.
0: Final score is listed as nine wins, four losses, and three draws for Okada, in favor of Okada against Tanahashi. So nine wins for Okada, four for Tanahashi. And most of those wins for Okada have come in the last few years. It's been a while since Tanahashi got one on him. And afterwards, though, these two shared a moment in the ring, a little uh, chat there. We don't really know what they said to each other, but then they had a tearful hug. Uh, Okada knelt down and kissed the uh, lion logo in the middle of the ring. And afterwards, they shared another moment backstage that they caught on the uh, backstage comments camera, uh, where they just said it's been a hell of a 12 years, and uh, Okada was still sobbing there. So uh, Okada said he couldn't have been the Rainmaker without Tanahashi, and Tanahashi said the feud was finally and truly over with. And we're going to get back to a theme here uh, a little bit later on, but there is a very special connection that these people have with this company. And we're going to talk about it more with Will and about with Danielson, too, a little bit later on as we get through this card. But uh, this is wrecking Kazushika Okada. And it seems like it's wrecking everybody that dealt with Okada. Remember, Ishii even choked up, for the love of God. Uh, Tanahashi and all this. You can see what all this means. And we've also found out, Jeremy, what his final matches will be Mm-hmm. In Sapporo, they are doing the ten-man tag, where it's the like I kind of predicted that they were going to do it this way, similar to how they did things with Nakamura. So it'll be Okada teaming with Ishii, Bishamon, uh, Goto and Yoshihashi, and Yo on the first night. This is on the twenty-third against Jeff Cobb, uh, Great Okan, Hanare. Akira, and Callum Newman. So United Empire versus Chaos on the 24th, his final New Japan matches. Uh, you know, he's a freelancer now. By the way, there was a funny line with Okada. He said, I'm a freelancer now, so I'm going to take down all these New Japan bastards and stomped off. <laughs> but Okada, it's going to be Okada and Tanahashi, Ishii, Goto, and Yoshihashi. So Tanahashi is going to slide into Yo's spot. And then uh, he will face, uh, they will face Riddle, Okan, Cobb, Hanare, and Akira. So Callum Newman drops out. Matt Riddle goes in for the very final one. Ten-man tags. Total uh,
1: by the numbers way I figured that they would have him leave. Um, I want to go back to these backstage comments with Tanahashi and Okada because it it illuminated a mindset, and we're going to touch on it later, but since we're here now, I'm just going to touch on it. Tanahashi's whole mindset is Okada is going to spread – The knowledge of new japan out into the world they don't want him losing because he is their gem and it's like go out strong go out with all of us uh supporting you be new japan to the world and show us show the greatness so that's such a different business mentality than going out looking at the lights and when okada uh visibly crying between the two he goes and sits down they, this is a whole one shot is yeah. them embracing? They're crying together. Tanahashi smiling, patting them back. And then Okada walks over and sits down. And the translation goes, if you're crying so much, why are you leaving? <laughs> and he says, the, or, your, the organization has meant so much to me. And I yeah. want to spread it to the world. And so he says, one last favor, Osaka, for me please continue to support new japan pro wrestling and then he just gets up and he leaves and it's just like he's crying and mm. it's it's special man like you can watch these backstage comics on youtube you do not need a new japan world subscription to watch these but when you watch it you, you just you feel the relationship between the fandom and the wrestler
0: And we'll see how this goes as it uh, wraps up there in Sapporo. Venkin has a couple of questions there. He says, uh, is Riddle even signed with New Japan? I don't think he's signed full-on, full-time. I think he's just making some shots for him right there. I don't believe he has a New Japan contracted talent. But, uh, I don't... I don't. I don't think he is. I don't don't think he is. Uh, But he's, and they said watch him make Riddle pin Okada. I would be very surprised. I don't actually think Okada is taking any pins on the way out. I just don't. They didn't with uh, Nakamura. Nakamura didn't have to take a pin on the way out. They might uh, have
1: a showdown, a ship passing in the night. But uh, Stephen, I think you need to be prepared for a lot of riddle this night.
0: Remember. He still has to make it through that without screwing up and never. You are absolutely
1: correct. And we will be never, here to discuss it when that, if and when that happens.
0: Never underestimate Matt Riddle's capacity to screw up. He has done it every step of the way of his career. He has managed I am, to screw up.
1: I am willing to give him the benefit of the doubt and willing to say, you based here, on what evidence again, exactly. <laughs> you told me so if and when it happened. But oh. he hasn't. He has not fucked up yet. Well, now he hasn't even gotten there yet. He hasn't even yes, he has. Yeah, he had one I mean, match. Well, he's been in he been in Battle of the Valley of San Jose. One
0: match in the state where weed's still legal. Hey, I'm just
1: saying, I'm just saying he, <laughs> you gotta cut the guy some slack. You know, he knows he knows as an individual who he is and what kind of baggage he brings along. So I can only hope that he is aware of what he needs to do to be successful is to Put that baggage at home for just a little bit, and be able to do what he needs to do. I
0: if he had the capacity to do that, wouldn't he have kept his WWE deal and not screwed that up?
1: I don't know, man. He's he's definitely he's definitely a guy. We're not pretending he's learning lessons, stuff. are we? Like, We're not pretending. No, he's no learning I'm that. not. But he's also his time with WWE has come with the consequences of that time, and I'm willing to look at it in a way where it's like, okay. If this other company has decided to give him a shot, I am willing until there's a time that he screws up to go along with that shot that they're giving him. All right. That goal, well, I'm saying.
0: We move on to the IWGP tag team title match. Now, this is a rematch basically of the strong tag team title match from a couple of weeks ago. It was Chase Owens and Kenta against El Fantasmo and Leo. And I'll be dipped. Uh, I was very surprised at the result on this. They put the heat on El Fantasmo early. Uh, overall, this match was better than the first one. Remember, El, El Fantasmo was sick for the first one and, and missed a couple of shows afterwards. I think he powered through that last title match uh, despite not feeling well. This time, everyone was healthy and, and it was a better match. This wasn't an all time classic, but it was a better match. 13 minutes, 11 seconds. Uh, there was a brief Hikuleo rally after some heat on ELP, and then there was more heat, heat, a lot of heat on ELP, did a lot of selling. Kenta hit a double stop from the top. There was a gut check by Owens on El Phantasma at the ten-minute mark. Hikuleo got out of a go-to-sleep attempt. Uh, Kenta had him up there, but uh, couldn't quite get the GTS. Then he hit that quick power slam, similar to the one that uh, Cody does. Uh, ELP hit a super kick, uh, then uh, Hikuleo with the choke slam, Thunder Kiss '86. However just as it looked Mm. like it was going to be another title retention. Chase Owens pulled the referee out of the ring before he could count three. That brought in Taiji Ishimori, who nailed each of the champions with a shot in the head with one of the title belts. Kenta pinned Hikaleo to win the title. It was the first tag team title change in the Edion Arena, oddly enough, in that building. There have been uh, title changes at Osaka Joe Hall, Prefectural Gym, but not in Edion. And uh, we'll see how this goes. Uh, ELP afterwards was talking more about Taiji Ishimori than he was about getting the titles back. And we also found out that in Sapporo, for Tamatonga's final match back, uh, with the company, he and Tonga will be facing ELP and. Hikaleo in a G.O.D. versus G.O.D. Giotto Derby, so to speak, where the Jado's two teams will be facing each other. It will be. So it looks like they're transitioning away a little bit for now. Uh, so we'll see what happens with the tag team titles. Uh, they have split them up again very quickly. I thought they were going to give PLP and Hikaleo a little
1: more time with both of them, didn't you? I had a completely different takeaway from this. Okay. I thought they were setting up their match for the Windy City.
0: Well, maybe that's what they're doing. I mean, that hasn't been announced, though, has it?
1: No, but this seemed like, oh, that would be a great match for Wendy City if Kenta and Chase Owens versus Hickle and ELP to reclaim their tag titles. <laughs> An easy tag title change that they could do. Everybody would be popular there. Um, as soon as they did, I'm like, oh, oh, that's why they would do that. And I have nothing to base that on other than it just makes a ton of sense since GOD was already announced for the show and it probably wouldn't be too difficult to get Kenta and Chase Owens there uh, as talent. So I just kind of figured that that was going to be like a lower-on-the-card kind of tag title match on an already-loaded card, and it would make perfect sense to me. With that said, this match was not very good. And I have done my best at times to defend Kenta and and his whole deal. This wasn't a good night for Kenta. It wasn't a good night for Chase Owens. It wasn't a good night for this match. This was, unfortunately a little bit of a stinker on one end of the performance. So.
0: And, and, and that's a little scary because it was actually better than the other one. That's what I, I kept comparing it to as the other one. And so I, I'm not trying to make it sound like any kind of an all-time classic, but it was actually better than the than the it's stinker just, they had over the strong titles.
1: More people were going to watch this match, you know? Like, yeah. This is this is the one that if people are going to make time to watch, they're not going to go dig out the match on one of the, the lower new beginning, like uh, pre-card before they get to this one.
0: I did think it was interesting in the post-match that they were more focused on Ishimori than they were on the champs. And that doesn't mean they're not doing what you're talking about, but it means... Well, they Kenta, might have... uh,
1: Kenta said, I'll defend these anywhere. You know, I, I don't yeah. care. I'll defend these anywhere. I was like, oh, you're defending them in Chicago, not in
0: Japan. Well, <laughs> well, we'll see. Now, after that, we moved on to as good a match as you'll ever see. And Country. it was. It, this was just brilliant. We had Zach Sabre Jr., and Brian Danielson. It went 32 minutes and 46 seconds. Felt like nothing. When I heard the 20-minute time call, I thought it had been going on for seven or eight minutes. It was so smooth. This was a brilliant masterclass of technical wrestling, which you would expect. But, man, I was thinking about this, Jeremy. And I, I'm not going to do it justice with any kind of a verbal play-by-play here on this show. Go out of your way to see this match, for the love of God. But this was so amazing, and I kept thinking about this. Is this the only time that these two can ever really just go full throttle? Every other match they have, each guy has to carry people through certain sequences and lead them in the technical wrestling stuff. And they're both great at doing it. But in this match against this opponent, Danielson and Sabre might be the only time they're in with a guy that is skilled enough to work with the other. And it must be such a wonderful feeling to be able to just go full throttle and know that no matter what you do, no matter where you go with it, the other guy is capable of keeping up. I bet this is the only match they have where they can experience that, where they don't have to lead someone through. So I can just do whatever I want and use all of my skills, and this other guy is going to know what to do, and I don't have to worry about it. And I think that that showed through. There was a real joy in this match from both guys in an odd way because it was a pretty stiff match but uh, pretty Danielson, stiff. <laughs> Danielson worked Zach's knee uh Zach worked Danielson's neck both had a million ways to do each of those two things and there was so much great mat wrestling chain wrestling they opened up later with strikes which got pretty fierce uh the kicks the slaps even some headbutts uh, the there was a time when they were holding each other and heel hooks and leg locks and slapping the hell out of each other, but man, they were having fun. And I'll tell you what, Zach's European uppercut game was on. Point in Osaka, those mm-hmm. things had some stink on them. They got English fight forever, and this is awesome. Chance from this crowd, <laughs> go figure on that one. Yeah, the one,
1: yes chance too.
0: He let him the yes chance. They were into that. There was there was one guy. There was one guy that was chanting for Kenta in the tag team title match, and it seems like that guy was the American wrestling fan because he would <laughs> start these chants. He had a very distinct voice if you could hear him, but people went along with it, and. Again, you can't do it justice to try to explain this because there was even a long knuckle walk sequence in the beginning of the match where they had 50 different ways to work the thing where you just grab each other, you know, grab each other's hands and work around spinning and twisting and rolling. It it was sublime. And in the end there, there was a wonderful pin scramble sequence where they're just rolling each other up in various ways. That led to a crucifix and Zack Sabre Jr. got the pinfall victory. So, Tellingly, not a submission, and that just means that we're doing this again. Thank goodness. Definite match of the year, Candidate. This is everything I love about pro wrestling, Jeremy. They shook hands after, and both men were giddy. And I'm going to let you talk about the match. Then I want to go into the backstage comments, because, again, one of the most emotional pro wrestling nights, and it bled over into this match, too.
1: I don't even know where to start. This was... This is the match of the year to beat. And I'm so confident that there is not another match that any promotion can do at this point that can easily stand up to the quality and the caliber that this was. Um, This was better than their Dream match. I believe that this would probably have been better than what their proposed Forbidden Door match was going to be. Mainly because New Japan let their talent wrestle without limitations. There are angles and there are things that they have to do sometimes to make sure they're getting to the thing, but it's usually for the lower end of the card. When you are at the caliber of these two wrestlers, they let them go and they trusted them to just like go until your wheels fell off basically. And do whatever it is that you want to do out there. And for 32 minutes, these two men mm-hmm. did something that if you're a wrestling fan, you owe it to yourself to watch this match mm-hmm. like if you need to like get a subscription for ten dollars for one month, if you can't afford it and you need to find it some other way, do what you need to to watch this match this is this is required <laughs> this is required viewing um there were. There were times where I saw there was zero fear, complete trust, full confidence mm. between these two people. Well said. I have seen nature videos of two animals <laughs> locked in combat, jumping towards each other, and seamlessly mesh into one into like one combat-ready like attack. And this is what these two were doing. They jumped right into each other into moves and they would seamlessly just convert it into some type of submission or like an arm lock that you have never seen before. And it's fast and it's flawless and it's fearless. And it's everything that as a pro wrestling fan, you want your like main event matches to be. And it wasn't even the main event. So like this was, this was divine. I, this is my favorite kind of match. And I knew we were going to get something special, but I did not want to get my hopes up. I had (laughs) nothing. I had no indication of who was going to win this match. Sometimes I come to these shows and I already know a little bit just because the timing and otherwise. I watched it and all of a sudden I was like, "This is a match of the year candidate." You know, you go on to Edson. You don't really seem to be saying it. And all of a sudden, the conversation after the Super Bowl was like, "Did you see that match of the year candidate?" Like, it kind of made me feel validated. I'm Like, okay, my opinions aren't totally shit because <laughs> like, yeah. I, I I I do know a little bit of something here. So it was it was great, just mm. just great. I don't. I'm gushing about it. I'm fanboying out about it. And I feel a little embarrassed about it in that way. But I just, I need for everyone underline to, to know this is my favorite kind of match done by the two best wrestlers in the world. And now I'm of the opinion that Sabre Jr. should have the IWGP title. He should win the <laughs> G1. And he should be the uh, front center of New Japan Pro Wrestling for the short term.
0: I do believe, by the way, that Zach is going to be the next uh, top guy, Jen. Like that, that's that's the guy that, that they're going to go with eventually here. But uh, Colin mentions that it's match of the show. Dunstan Williams is here. Uh, hey, Dunstan. Match of the year candidate. Bankin is here. And, of course, he said the best part, and he's right. The best part about this was at one point uh, Daniel uh, – brian danielson had him in uh almost like, i guess he had leg lock his legs locked up and zach was close to the ropes and he just kind of said go zach go on grab the ropes and zach said i don't need the <laughs> effing ropes uh and it was fantastic and uh dunson says i need proof zach signed a long-term deal before he holds the world title we'll say but i world title or not i think he's moving up into that top position but yep. to go on from this after the match so he beats danielson how can
1: you not if you just beat brian Danielson in the middle of a new japan ring uh, like on both, one of the biggest shows of the year.
0: Both guys were just giddy afterwards in the post match comments. I mean, just on a high, they had really experienced something that they don't get to experience very often, which was that level of skill. And Danielson then said, I thought they were going for a submission match because, you know, they had the. I thought so too. I thought it was going to be a submission match. Instead, Danielson said he wants two out of three falls. Okay, uh, I'm, I'm down with that. And, of course, the, not announced, but, boy, all out in London sounds like a really smart place to do that match. Uh, I am thinking that or perfect.
1: Forbidden Door because um, there's no but, other but, bigger match that they can do at Forbidden Door this year. Again,
0: that wasn't said, but it would be perfect. Danielson put Zach over big at, uh, in the post-match comments. He's saying that Zach is the best technical wrestler in the world and the best technical wrestler he has ever been in the ring with and in the and afterwards danielson was just putting over everything and ended his comments with what bless new japan i love this place and walked <laughs> off and it was and zach then talked about how much it meant to him to bring out this kind of wrestling and how he's turned down uh deals from places that he could go and make a lot of money he said but i, I don't believe in capitalism anyway and besides that, they wouldn't allow me to do something like this. New Japan is the only place. And Mm -hmm. it gave these two a place to express themselves as artists with this match. This is what they are the best on Earth at. And this gave these two artists a place to express that. And it it couldn't happen in another ring. It wouldn't have been the same in an AEW ring. It wouldn't have worked in a WWE ring. New Japan allows people to do this. And it was a special moment. It was a special match. And both the participants and the audience understood that.
1: Yeah, this was this was just really, really special. I um I do think that Forbidden Door Three were all in, and I'm leaning towards Forbidden Door Three because I think there can be a lot more emphasis on Osprey and Okada, uh for uh for Wembley next year. So if it were me, I would have a two out of three falls match between Danielson and Zach saber jr main event, uh, forbidden door three.
0: Yeah, either way. I mean, I'm just happy that we're going to get it again after this. Oh, absolutely.
1: Absolutely. This was a fantastic match. All the stars, all the ratings, all the cage match, uh, all the people telling you that you watch the match. They're all right. They're all correct. There's nothing. This is a flawless match.
0: No, no, absolutely right we move on to the main event Who? all right i mean i feel like i need to stretch before i even talk about this match so Arky. holy lord so <laughs> first of all this is a, a steel cage ten man tag war games rules uh without saying war games uh for the love of god don't mess up the copyright so we had this thing where they built this cage around the ring which was not tall it was about the size of the ring posts so probably about eight feet tall it wasn't it wasn't that big so uh Anyway, they have this match. So David Finlay and Osprey start. Now, we know this is going to be a hellacious battle. We know this. And uh, people are going to enter in every two minutes. So Finlay and Osprey lead us off. They come out there, and Osprey says, ah, I don't want two minutes. I want ten minutes with you. Ten minutes with you. And Finlay thinks about it for a second. He flashes back to Wrestle Kingdom, where there was the five-minute truce between Moxley and Osprey. He says, how about five? We'll go five. He agrees to that. They begin to fight. A crazy hardcore match then breaks out. But there's the thing. Instead of it being a match where there's just weapons laying all over the place and somebody picks something up, grabs it, and hit him with the other, and and after a while, nothing means anything. And you know that I'm not a fan of hardcore wrestling. I don't enjoy it. I don't think it's particularly entertaining. This match had chapters to it. And we'll go into some of that here. I, I, it's, there's way too much going on in this match to try to break down here. But uh, Drilla Maloney was the next person. And, of course, the heels correctly had the numbers mm-hmm. advantage. So Drilla Maloney came down, and he brought out Callum Newman, who apparently had apparently been savagely beaten in the back beforehand, drug him down there, handcuffed him to the handcuffed him to the cage. We'll use him. We'll get to him later just comes in there and they start brawling and they're double teaming Osprey that lasts for a little while until, uh, you know, they, the other people start coming down there. Uh, the next person in, I believe was, uh, what was it? it was it was, it was TJP next for them. Uh, I mean, look at my notes here.
1: It was but Canary. It, it was Akira. Uh, like yeah. yeah.
0: So, yeah. <sighs> More importantly than the back and forth and the play by play right here. Each member of the War Dogs kind of had their own thing. Uh, you know, the, some guy would walk in there. I think it was Coglin that brought in like eight steel chairs. Uh, when Kid they came in, they had their in,
1: action figure accessory with them. He
0: brought an entire wheelie cart full of weapons down. Uh, yes. Ghetto was down there with handcuffs, and he was cuffing people to the cage to, to stop them. Jeff Cobb, of course, had uh, as a pulled quad. He's not it's not torn, but he's injured, so he didn't he wasn't able to do a whole lot. But they were able to work that by. He did a couple of things, then they would beat him down and and
1: handcuff him to the cage. He was the last guy in the whole deal.
0: They were doing things like smashing each other, of course, into this cage. It was very solid. The cage didn't move a whole lot, even when big guys would go slamming into it. But Hanare ended up getting busted open to the point that they did not even show him on camera. Something had happened to him, and he got hit, and apparently it split his scalp to the point that they wouldn't even put him on camera. The... Doctor was uh, the ringside physician that they have was reaching through the cage to try to patch him up and kind of wrapped up his head, almost like how rugby players end up wrapped up, which I guess is probably spoke to Hanare. He loves rugby. But nevertheless, they meant they. Oh, boy. And somehow he managed to get back in and do a handful of spots. I don't think he was concussed. I I just think he was bleeding so badly that they were pretty concerned for him and he was out of that match for a long time jeremy mm-hmm. there were uh ladder bridges set up between the ring and kid pile drove osprey onto the ladder there was an insane spot where alex Coughlin just refused to sell a long series of swing bamboo cane shots that marked up his body horribly Everyone, almost, almost everyone, Cobb didn't bleed, but almost everyone else bled. There was Great O'Conn getting involved by fighting with Ghetto, getting the key back and freeing some of the members of United Empire who somehow ended up cuffed again later. This was insane. Talk to me about how you were feeling as this thing went, and and, then we're going to get toward the finish and how I think this match went a little wrong.
1: Okay, so to me, this was... The beginning entrance was its own separate act of Finley coming out and doing his whole deal, and then Osprey came out. Uh, it lives, it breathes. Uh, their song elevated, and it got the it got the part where the entire crowd is chanting Osprey, Osprey within within the song. So you got five thousand people. And he's walking the cage, and he's, uh, he embraces his partner, Alex, uh, I think Alex Kingston, who they mentioned her. And so mm-hmm. this guy's got a hero's welcome coming in here. And this crowd is behind him, and he climbs on the cage, and they're doing the whole awesome part of the song. And you even see Finley smiling, because it's just mm-hmm. one of those, like, in real life, these guys are buddies, like, like, Ospreay wants Finley to succeed. And this whole match was to get Finley and, and the Bullet Club over. So the whole setup in and of itself is just something special. And then he does the whole 5 10 2-5-10 deal. And then it just becomes chaos. And there are points where I, like, I had to refocus and just, like, recenter myself in the match because there was so much going on. And there were points where I lost track of what happened where. There was a sequence at one point where Hinare, and I think he had the towel wrapped over his head full of blood, where he punched a chair straight through that Gabe Kidd Ugh. swung at him. And it's just like the look that Gabe Kidd had on his face when this happened, it was like, you're dying in front of my eyes, and still you are you are doing this, and it's just the brutality. It yeah. was it was an hour and five minutes. It went too long. It was horrendous and violent. I think I loved it, but I don't want to see it uh, un- for at least two years, if that makes any sense. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do one last thing. I think the sense was really great, and I loved that it was open-ended, and it was able to let you see inside of the ring filmed from the angle that it was at. And it reminded me of the perspective of a video game where you're watching a match and you have the cage outside of it where it's like, you can see the cage, you know the cage is there. I don't care if it looks like a giant, bigger barricade. Like, a cage is a cage. And they used it to full effect. I didn't need it to be closed. I didn't need it yeah. to have to. I didn't need any of the extra stuff. It was perfect as is for me. And it. the brutality was on the level even if it was an underscaled setup for the cage match
0: uh clark connors came in with barbed wire wrapped around his arm uh it was there was stuff like that there was uh, there were thumbtacks they brought that out connors had a hell of a match by the way all the war dogs did Uh, really i mean Cobb was hindered by his injury everybody else and and Hanari got hurt during the match and and was Mm -hmm. out of it for a while but what he did he did well osprey was incredible Francesco Akira, that was the subplot of this entire match. And TJP, by the way, at one point was doing a whole lot of spots, ducked down under the ring for a while, came out as the Aswangs. We got bad again uh, in that costume, and he was spraying mist and and uh, doing that whole thing. So apparently that is his Finn Balor demon type of thing. So for the if big match, Big
1: matches, match
0: gimmick. <laughs> Swan comes out, and then you had Akira. The plot was that Akira was frightened, that he was just absolutely scared of this. The question is, would he cower out of it or would he suck it up and step up for his teammates? It turned out to be the latter. Uh, He didn't come out at first. And so that made everybody when it it was his time, he didn't come out from the ramp. So everyone was like, "Uh oh, did he actually is, is the story here that he actually isn't going to show up. Instead, comes through the crowd, climbs up the cage, dives onto everybody and just starts beating the hell out of everyone. House of fire. The whole thing was about Akira sucking up and being as brave as humanly possible. And even taking the fork from Drilla Maloney, which is what he was terrified of is getting gashed open. And he was bleeding all over the place. He then gets it back and drills it on uh, drills Drilla with it and uh, batters him bleeding all over the place. Uh, Was there one moment too where Drilla Maloney broke up a pin attempt by Osprey by giving Someone, the drill killer, onto Osprey. I mean, it was just. Yeah, probably. Stuff. Yeah. And then, so there were all kinds of things going on out there. But then we were at about the 45 minute mark or so. They start taking apart the ring. This is where things went off the rails a little bit. Yes. This took.
1: This is way... where that could have ended at any time.
0: It took way too long. They pulled up the the canvas, then they pulled up the padding, then they so we were down to just the boards, just the mm-hmm. wooden boards. The issue was as they did this, and they'd already done thumbtacks, they'd already done canes, they'd already done chairs, they'd already done all this stuff. Tables, of course, because God knows you can't have a match without tables breaking. But this ring then as they wrestled around on it, the boards started popping up. At very dangerous angles, and there were holes, and people would stand on it. And it would be like a teeter totter with their phone. It was unnecessarily dangerous at that point, and uh, all of it, there were a lot of things in there that were very dangerous. But sure. it it was it, it took even. it took forever, to, and it kind of killed it off a little bit. It lost a lot of momentum. It was a bit too much, and frankly, I stopped enjoying the match for a while. Uh, would you it call w- it
1: overindulgent at that point?
0: Yeah, and it was a hell of a match. It was a hell of a match. But this stuff isn't why I watch New Japan. Mm -hmm. And it it was well done, but again, too long. Here's how it ended. So they get most of the members of United Empire handcuffed up again, except for Osprey and Akira. Everybody else. Hanari's beaten to shit. Uh, You know, Cobb is hurt, laid out. Uh, They had TJP, the Aswang, they managed to get him to the cage handcuffed. And uh, Okan had been brawling with... Uh, ghetto and all that, and they managed to get the advantage. To get everybody back down. With that, Akira had been beaten to death, but had shown his bravery. That was the whole point of this match: that this guy just kept facing his own fear and driving forward. But at this point, the war dogs are gathering. They're all climbing into the ring, what's left of the ring, uh, and Akira's dead. Osprey just holds Akira, cradles him in the corner. It reminds you of a war movie, right? And then Osprey just rolls him out of the ring as if to say, no, not him, me. You know, you're done with him. It's me. The War Dogs gather around Osprey. They hit him with the high-low. He tries one last time to lunge at Finlay first. He collapses. Finlay wraps the barbed wire around his knee, then hits him with the overkill, which is sort of like the trash panda into a GTS, right? So he brings the knee up and smashes Mm -hmm. Osprey and pins him. In the end... This is what I wrote in my notes. In the end, I just don't enjoy seeing guys that I like and respect doing these things to one another. And I like and I respect all the members of the War Dogs. I think what they do is excellent. I think they're some of the best young talent in the business. Coughlin, Kid, Connors, Maloney, wonderful. I think Finlay is doing everything he is supposed to do as the new leader of bullet club to get himself over. And I think he's on the way. I think he has made steps, not saying he's there. He's certainly not on the J. White Omega th- plane, but he's doing his job. What I got out of this though, is I just don't like seeing the tax and the canes and these guys l- l- actually mutilating each other's bodies Mm -hmm. this isn't why i like new japan i don't like seeing guys i like and respect nick gage can do whatever he wants to himself he's it's fine i don't care and 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 it means nothing to me uh but these guys i like and i respect as people and as wrestlers and i just would rather not thank you and uh, in the end it's over with the war dogs look like hell-raising monsters that's what they needed to do. Osprey put over Finlay on the way out. That's what he needed to do. This is a little more than I like from this.
1: My immediate takeaway from this match was that 10 guys were made from this match if they weren't made already. Um, I don't love these matches. I thought it accomplished everything that it needed to do, though. Um A number of guys only need one or two matches like this in their career in order to have them have the believability as a wrestler and as a character that they are willing to go to those depths or willing to go to those lengths in a wrestling match because they've gone to some deep, dark place in a match and you've been on that journey with them. I don't think this is the last time we're going to see Gabe Kidd and Hanare go absolutely nuts and brutalize <laughs> anyone else in a match. Uh, it could be the last time a number of them do, though. Uh, TJP and Akira and Jeff Cobb, they don't really need to do any more of these matches. Their credibility right. has basically been established from this. Yes. Yeah. The Bullet Club War Dogs have now, like, they have gone through a stable that has run run shit in New Japan for the last four years. They did it violently. They did it effectively. And now every time they cut a promo, if you've been paying attention to New Japan, if you've been paying attention to these guys, they now have the cachet that you believe what they're saying when they have like, we will F you up. We will destroy you. We will break you. We will embarrass you. We will crush you. I don't want to see these matches every month. I don't want to see this every six months. I don't want to see this in a year. I want to wait a long time. I want a huge feud down the line that this is conclusively like the wrap up to maybe in three years, just like this, where we have like a reason for this, like knockdown, drag out hour long, like shit show of a match. That's what I want. If we're going to, if this is part of our future, that's how I want this to be part of the future. But for what it accomplished today, I thought it accomplished everything it set out to do.
0: Let's get to some comments because uh, the, we have some very good points from uh, some of our viewers here. Uh, Dunson said, uh, this show ended on a high note, two more big events left. We'll we talked about how it ended and it did go off on a high note, even with Osprey, even though they've been beaten down, but, uh, Vankin says, I saw some war dogs pull the boards down. Yeah, they were trying to keep that ring together as they were working with these guys. And, and, you know, the, these boards would pop up and the, <laughs> I think the only person that took a real hard bump was kid on the, the, the bare boards, but uh, there was, plenty of danger out there and uh, colin says there's no need sh- for the shenanigans at the end it, it did get a little much uh Banken mentions makes this point too osprey pulled him from the middle of the ring all the way to the corner akira he's talking about all the way to the corner and then out of the ring with his last strength so from storytelling he went out like the leader he is yes this was all about akira and osprey dying valiantly on the hill I and mean, this was taking the bullet. Yeah. And then uh Vanga says Finlay gave him a shot. Yeah, he gave Osprey one shot. Osprey lunged at him but collapsed before he got to Finlay. I like
1: just, that moment where d- he, yeah. just, oh, yeah. he didn't have the energy and he went down to like Oh, that's good.
0: <laughs> and then Dunstan said, I think the company needed this match because it was different, and that is something New Japan needed. Okay, fair enough. Well, I mean, it's certainly got all kinds of buzz. So may- maybe it's not to my taste, but maybe it did accomplish that mission. And Colin says, Gabe versus Finlay. We- lead- winner is leader of Bullet Club. Book a ghetto. We'll see uh, how they do with that. Although Kid is certainly making a heck of a name for himself and is heavily involved now in Windy City Riot, as we know. Mm-hmm. So let's get into the aftermath of this one, the Bullet Dog, Bullet Dogs. The Bullet Club War Dogs. I tried to say it all I, at once.
1: I have photos I'm going to show you. Uh, yeah. I'm going to only do it briefly because they're, they're a little brutal here. Yeah.
0: Yeah, there Look you that. can see the ring is all torn up. Oh, my God, what Alex uh, would Credit to uh,
1: 40110 Edo for this uh, tweet. I wanted to give all the credit in the world to them. But that was the fallout of Alex Coghlan's back. And you can see yeah. a little bit of Drill and Maloney's head uh, around the cage. Yeah. Uh, the visuals. Were really impressive in this,
0: uh, yeah, yeah, so there we go, and we got uh, let's see what else we had. So um, they just said, "Hey, we run New Japan. They walked out as the you know the badass winners of this brawl that they had vanquished United Empire in that sense. And then afterwards, though, a tearful goodbye again from Will Ospreay, who uh, said all of the things you would expect there, that he loves New Japan, he loves what the fans have meant to him, how they helped him through the hard times in his life, and he's grateful to them. They had a group hug in the ring, the United Empire did, with Great Okan holding up the towel with the uh, emblem on it going to talk about some of the things that great O'Khan said afterwards uh, also we'll get to that in a second he promised to come back which he's going to aew so we figure mm-hmm. he will be but he did promise to come back you know it was heartfelt he meant it you can see what this whole journey has meant to him they chanted to his music like you said that osprey osprey at the key moments of that song which is brilliant it's fantastic very moving moment and new japan has clearly had a profound impact on the man. And uh, Okan, uh, during his backstage comments from his match, talked more about Osprey than he did the match he had had with Bishamon. and he just said that uh, that he was the founding member with Osprey. And uh, if you remember, the United Empire began when Great Okan came back from excursion and attacked mm-hmm. Okada when Osprey turned heel. Right. But Okan said that. When he talked to Osprey, he hadn't talked to him very much when the idea was brought up for the United Empire, and he said that it meant a lot to him that Osprey said it would be a it would they would be equals instead of a leader and all that. I think Osprey kind of ended up as the front man, but O'Connor always said that Osprey was very uh, magnanimous to him about that, and I love this line and it's it's telling about Great O'Connor in a couple of different ways. He said that he hates pro wrestling, but he likes Will a whole lot. And that being mm-hmm. part of United Empire's meant a lot to him. Right. I think Khan does go through his phases with pro wrestling as w- whether he really is enjoying it or not. After the steel cage match, he was standing at backstage comments and just said, "The supporting player will leave now," and he walked off, kind of like <laughs> you know, which was interesting. But he also said that United Empire should move forward. In post-match comments, Akira said that. TJP is going to be moving up to heavyweight, so he is going to carry the United Empire uh, banner into the junior heavyweight division as a single. Mm. So United Empire as it stands at now, in this moment, is not splitting up. They are going to move forward and take this defeat and say goodbye to Will and try to move on in a different fashion. So really interesting comments. And again, it just shows you when you're in a faction in Japan, It's not just that you're booked in an angle and you see those people on TV and then go about your separate ways. These guys do travel together. They often room together. They train together a lot. And when someone like Will leaves a group like United Empire, there is a strong emotional reaction from everyone involved because these guys are brothers in that way. And there is a brotherhood in wrestling anyway yeah there's nothing quite like it. so the the only people that actually know what it's like are the other people that do it, and those are the people you can talk to. You see it's, the connection that it builds.
1: It's funny that you mentioned that because I did make sure to grab the tweet that he wrote out as he said goodbye to everybody. so. To all the labs of the United Empire, when the fans didn't have a voice, we were the shot in the ark that New Japan needed. Yes, you are sure. like my brothers, and if you ever need me, my door will always be open to you all. Thank you for getting in that cage with me and making history. To my co-founder, Great Ocon you have shown so many of us the human you are when you saved a little girl from being attacked by a dude. I've known exactly who you are the first the month we teamed up. You're one of kind, proud I got to have the time I did with you. Everyone needs to turn for advice. That's TJP. Endless knowledge from years of experience. Can't tell you enough how much I hold you to the highest regard. I'm thankful I can call you up whenever and talk about life. Thank you for everything you've done. Big Jefferson Cobb. First guy me and O'Conn brought into the group for his size, strength, and endurance. But the real Jeff Cobb I know enjoys doing Bane impressions and likes to avoid pain as much as possible. <laughs> You're the coolest guy I've ever had in the locker room. Thank you. And Italy ruined the Euros for us, but I'll never truly forgive for <laughs> Chisco Akira for Italy. But I met Akira in Japan while he was in All Japan Pro Wrestling. We just naturally bonded in these last few months. I, You have shown a lot more maturity. I truly love this dickhead so much. <laughs> last, my little brother, that's now bigger than me, Prince of Pace, Callum Newman. The world can be yours. Don't get distracted. Don't become arrogant. Don't lose sight of what you have dreamed of. Japan will mold you to become the best you. I know you can do it, kid. I love you so much. And then we have...
0: Yeah, some pictures deal. of everybody there. Uh, uh, the
1: This is all from uh, Will Ospreay's Twitter. I'm not doing anything other than just shamelessly cribbing from what he posted.
0: <laughs> yeah, some pictures of the crew together there uh, as they uh, went around uh, Osaka and various places there. But uh, yeah, so, you know, it's...
1: It's the end of an era, man. Like, yeah. I, it, It's hard to really... Like, I was walking my dogs today, and I was thinking about it, and it's like, when Okada leaves and Osprey leaves, it is a new day in New Japan. Like, there's literally, like, it all starts over. There is going to be spots at the top for people to claim. There is going to be opportunities. There is going to be excitement, and, like, this is not just emotionally because... Osprey and O'Connor are leaving, this is emotional because the journeys that we've been invested in for all this time, Absolutely. those journeys are over. We are now talking about them in the past tense. These, these individuals are gone, and now we are beginning new main event top act journeys for these guys that we have seen in the come up for these years. And it's going to be really exciting because it is the reward is coming that much quicker for the growth and the investment that we've had watching New Japan.
0: Yeah. Dunson says it feels like a season finale. And in a lot of ways, yeah, Absolutely. it does. And, you know, what gets me about this one again is very few shows have kind of hit me in the heart the way this one did. It just, I it, cried. It, it, the reactions of Okada, Tanahashi, Zach, Danielson, uh, all of the United Empire, there were, there, it, you know, Godo and his family, it, it, there were some very, very real, raw things going on on that show and watching it seeing the comments afterwards that you felt all of that and osaka is the right place for it it's it's difficult to put into words osaka is more demonstrative than tokyo Mm -hmm. i've been to both places and tokyo is wonderful i love tokyo but the people there are a little reserved a little buttoned down in Osaka, people are a little more free and they're just a little looser. And this was the right place to have a show that's going to tug at emotion. And that crowd was right there with them. And, and Osaka is just a little more gregarious. And with that, it becomes an audience that can be in tune with what the wrestlers were feeling. And they fed off of one another. And it created Mm -hmm. a very special night of wrestling that you don't see very often. There are nights when you're like, man, that was a great show.
1: Matches were terrific. This one made you feel. This was was absolutely an emotional show. When Okada was crying, uh, I cried. Mm. Uh, When Osprey came out, and the crowd was like behind him mm. there's not a whole lot of time where i just like as i've gotten older i've gotten way happier and the little <laughs> shit will get me like that, yeah that emotionally to in the field that i don't understand they're like commercials like how dare you try and get me god <laughs> god damn it but osprey came out there and he was taking in every second of that entrance and when he got on that fence And, like, everybody in the ring, everybody in the stadium, everybody that had gathered far and wide, people traveled, made sure they were here for the 11th in Osaka. It wasn't just locals for this show. Like, that, people found a way to get to that show. And we should all be so lucky to have a moment in our lives where, unapologetically, people appreciate you for all the good that you've done and that's what i felt Osprey got was mm-hmm. like the unapologetic just like it was a moment that will be burned into the brain of anyone who had any investment in this whatsoever
0: yeah and, and it was special alex windsor was there his partner and uh you know that's who he's been talking Winter, about i as, thought
1: of i got
0: <laughs> no, alex windsor is uh her uh, name there and uh, you know that she was there ringside uh for the match i don't i think must have been a roller coaster for her as well i mean she's a worker she's a wrestler she's mm-hmm. a pretty good one too from uh from uh, great britain so i mean she knows what's going on in there but uh nevertheless it can't be easy watching uh watching oh. your partner go through all that uh so a couple of uh, comments here before we move on but Venkin said he had not uh, cried with a wrestling storyline since Tam Nakano and Natsupoy, which was a very emotional cage match, certainly. And then their eventual uh, joining up as a team as Meltier. But Dunstan says, Ghetto had my emotions going up and down from the Okada match to the main event. It was a special night. And uh, Dunstan also mentions, I wasn't here for the tag title match, but it was a waste of time and brain cells. We we
1: weren't very kind on that one.
0: (laughs) We're with you, bud. We're with you. (laughs) Other notes, right. we have we have some news now. Uh, sure. Like I said, we we do know that Okada's last matches will be 10-man tags. We've got a couple more things here uh, from those shows in Sapporo. So, Zack Sabre Jr. against Yuji Nagata has been added to the show on the 23rd. We also have that G.O.D. versus G.O.D. match to the 24th card. That's Tamatanga and Tangaloa against Hikaleo and ELP in the Jado Derby. You mentioned the anniversary show is March 6th, and that will have the heavyweight champion versus the junior heavyweight champ again. And then we have a new match for the Windy City Riot, kind of. We found out that Gabe Kidd and Eddie Kingston are going to face one another. Now, they will have a no-disqualification eight-man tornado tag match. So that should just be chaos, right? However, we will not know Kidd's three partners nor Kingston's three partners until they come to the ring. So they will remain exes until then, unless we get rumors. And you got any out. ideas? Uh, you know, I would imagine that there will probably be a, a dog of war involved in there somewhere and probably some other people, but uh I would imagine that you know the Kingston can probably pull in some AEW folks or something. Uh
1: uh wh- all decided our keys were kind of locked
0: for Kingston. Makes a lot of sense, right? Yeah, I, then, I think there's gonna be that.
1: And then if Drew Maloney's fine, like him, but I don't see I don't see Finley like coming to gay kids. Like, weirdly enough, like, you you work for me, nah, I don't work for you kind of thing. So it would be, you know, Coughlin, Clark Connors, and uh, Drew Maloney if it if it were up to me. But I don't know what Drew Maloney's ability to get into the States is, number one. Yeah. Number two, there could be angles playing out in which uh, other people want a crack at the Continental title of Kingston. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and and uh, Venkin mentions it's the match where Poi turned on Julia after DDM had left. Sits there and Tam hugs her. Is when I couldn't hold mm. it. Yeah, that, that was the reunion. That was the the union. I guess not the reunion. They had been they had been in a steel cage match with each other, and then Poi realized that Tam was where she should be with uh, who she should be with. She turned on Julia, and Tam took her in. That was a pretty emotional moment. Uh, and, and yeah, I understand what you're talking about. That's when that like you, you, it really hits you in the feels here. And then Tunston mentions, uh, "Sorry to you both, but whoever made the decision to have Okada in pointless tag matches should be arrested." Keep in mind. This is what I always suspected. They're not going to beat Okada on the way out. He's on too oh, high a plane. They didn't with Shinsuke Nakamura, and I suspected it would be something like that because that went out. in a lot. And what they want is his final image to be standing in the ring with his stablemates, which is what they did with Nakamura. It was all of chaos in there with Nakamura T-shirts on. And in the end, it was he and his friends all doing the arms around each other, bowing, saying goodbye, I think that's what they want for Okada. So rather than some thing where he puts somebody over, it's a different mindset. Uh, They're not going to have somebody pin Okada on the way out. They know what Okada is, and they know he's coming back. Keep Mm -hmm. in mind, because it looks for all intents and purposes, like it's AEW, right? I mean, we don't, nothing signed. Yeah, yeah
1: I mean, that's the prevailing data right now seems to be, yeah. he is heading to AEW. Yeah. There was yeah. something that we didn't talk about in the show that I was curious about. Uh, are, have we wrapped up all the other stuff? Because there was one last thing about the show.
0: Uh, let me make sure in my notes here, but that was the point I was trying to make is that I, I think what they want is at the end for all of chaos to be in there together just to, so they can yeah, all be able to say goodbye. And of course, we're going to be talking about, uh, we'll be back on our regular time on Thursday to talk Fantastica Mania. The first show is today and we will review that show and look at the stuff that's coming up on New Japan World going forward. Now, go ahead. And what
1: time is that? That's going to be at our regular time, 5.30 Eastern on Thursday on Thursday the 15th, the day after Valentine's Day, your post-Valentine recovery, all you uh, Mm -hmm. lovely lads and lasses enjoying this show, come relax And after you've had an energetic night with your loved ones. uh, After the Zab Saber Jr. match, he Mm -hmm. called somebody out. But I thought Chris Charlton made a mistake when he said that he had called out Okada. I thought Zach Saber Jr. had called out Naito Sonata uh, mm-hmm. after his match said I was coming for you.
0: Did you? Yeah, add... yeah. Okay. No, you're right. Yeah, was... Chris, Chris was struggling a little bit with some of the translations. Like, he didn't get any of the show stuff about uh, show possibly having to join Strong Style. We I had to find that out in the – the. Uh... Now, I don't know if he couldn't hear. Sometimes you get mm-hmm. in those buildings they are very echoey, and he's mm-hmm. trying to – He's got his headphones on. Park,
1: and respond. Yes, <laughs> and
0: respond. And sometimes those buildings are difficult to pick up the sound in. You know, like uh, clearly. So I, again, Chris Charlton's fantastic, and he, he did a great job on commentary with Walker, but uh, the the whole thing is he missed with like show might have to join strong style if he loses the the title match, but yes. uh, And I think he just said Okada because you think world champion, you think Okada, but Zach did mention that he plans on taking his style of wrestling to the very top, meaning the IWGP world heavyweight title. So I do think that his sights are set on that, which is what you would say as the leader Mm -hmm. of a faction. But uh, if you were going to launch Zach as the top guy, Jin, well, that would be the direction.
1: Yeah. I, uh, I think they're going to tease him winning the cup, but not win the cup. And I think he's going to be winning the G1. He's my front runner for the G1 at this point. Like, I know we're early. I know it's February. We have not even mapped out the year and everything has just kind of changed. But if you can't look at what Zach Sabre Jr. has done for the last two years, see him defeat Brian Danielson convincingly in the middle of a New Japan ring in one of the biggest shows saying goodbye to two other stars and not put two and two together like, this is your future right now. Like, mm-hmm. bro, I don't know how to help you. <laughs>
0: well there you have it so that was the new beginning in Osaka. very special night for new japan i'm really glad we did this uh, special show to cover it because that Me would have too. been uh an awful lot to cram in with that fantastica mania there's all kinds of good stuff coming up with fantastica mania and we'll cover that on thursday so uh yeah it's it's going to be very interesting dunson says i don't think a guy Jin is winning the g1 one of the young guys has to be main eventing at the dome well a, bit, a lot of choices we'll see who they decide to go with and um uh, yeah um uh, Oh, let's see. Okay. And Colin says, uh, can we talk about this morning's Fantastic Mania show for a minute? More so what Ishimori was supposed to have done. Oh, yeah. Well, all right. Uh, boy, yeah. Uh, I had
1: Ishimori, a show. <laughs> Ishimori.
0: Well, all right. I, I watched this match. Ishimori came out as Bone Soldier Jr. There's also a super strong Kokeshi machine, which is uh, Honma in a lucha. I, thing. I haven't seen that match. But Ishimori came out as Bone Soldier Jr. with a mask. It's, it's Lucha Libre. We're all in masks and we're having fun. He walked out there and God dang it, it looked like he did the friggin' Nazi salute in the ring. It sure does look like that. If he did, I hope it's just because he is ignorant of something. I can't fathom he's that dumb. Uh, you know, I, I hope he's You've not. you got to be dumb. kidding me. I'm not. It's on Twitter. You can find it, uh, and it, it's it, when I, I saw it. Walker noticed it immediately because as soon as he did it, and Walker was like, "Oh, okay," you know, like he and didn't say a word, and he shouldn't have. The issue more thing. I was going to mention it on Thursday, but since you brought it up here, it, it's it's an uncomfortable thing. I'm curious to see if there's going to be any fallout on it. Keep in mind, things are a little different in Japan than they are here uh, with that. Uh, not that it's considered a good thing, but. It's uh no, I, and you you said I don't know. Colin mentions I don't know if it was reporters making mischief or not, and uh no no he did it. Uh, I, I no. and I know he knows. I'm sure he knows what it means, but uh it, it was it was it was something that Walker was pretty startled by. He was just like oh my goodness, and I, I had the same reaction. It was a little visceral. Uh it was a pretty good mistake. I, I hope that someone pulls him aside and says, never freaking again, kid. Never freaking again. I hope. I hope. But I don't know. We haven't heard anything okay, about right, any okay, fallout. Okay, okay, okay. I was hoping by Thursday maybe we'd have something on it. So
1: Okay. You can see my last name here. Firestone. Mm-hmm. Uh I'm gonna reserve judgment on this and just like hold off and think that Ishimori is a fucking idiot and leave mm-hmm. it at that for now. Uh, because there's way too much overreaction leaning here and there towards anti-Semitism and anti-Palestinian hate. I'm not going to get into that. It was obviously a terrible, terrible judgment call on his part, but until I've actually seen it and until there's actually some fallout and some just like something has been addressed, this is... This is obviously not good, but there's nothing that we can add to it that is obviously going to do anything other than yeah. inflame the situation.
0: Yeah, I, I just what I hope is that someone takes him aside and just said, "I, I don't, Absolutely. I don't know what I don't know what you think you're doing, but never can do it again."
1: That that, yeah. that that's a hard no issue, We're not doing yeah. that again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, like tw- you need to, you what need what you to what stop what immediately. What like and if is you don't, question? Question? sorry, it will be consequence.
0: Yeah. Tuan Mac asks, is there a website where you can find translations of Japanese wrestling promos? If so, where? Well, on New Japan World, the backstage comments and any in-ring angles where they get on the microphone are translated, uh, and uh, that shows up in the backstage comments. On Stardom World, it's usually a couple of days between the event and when the event is posted. And they usually have somebody, I believe it's Sonny Gutierrez, go through. I also and, believe
1: page yeah, comments on New Japan World are free. You do not need a paid account to watch them.
0: The other part of that is I do believe that, that sometimes you can, you can hear things on uh, or find things on Reddit, the NJPW subreddit, where they'll translate a little bit. But I think that's... Uh, the best place to go is sometimes just wait a little bit for the companies themselves to post the interviews with uh, Japanese subtitles on the streaming services. Uh, do you know of any other place where you can get a uh, good uh, translation to the Japanese?
1: YouTube promos? doesn't Does you offer know? the the subtitle version. I If I want that, I just go to New Japan World. And again, I'm just going to underline, you can have a New Japan World account and not pay any money and still watch those backstage
0: companies. And it's another thing, like Google Translate, is good with like the the Latin based romance languages, but Japanese to English is challenging for any program to get the the context and the like. Subject. No
1: pun intended. It's choppy,
0: right? And and it's it. They're two very, very different languages. Those aren't the only two languages like that, but the sentence structure is different. The way that things are kind of ordered is different. It's, it's really hard. It's hard for Google. to. It, it's a it's a tough one for Google. Uh, it does it Spanish a heck of a lot better. So, But that might be a place to look there, Twan. So there you go. All
1: right. Well, I'm going to do the quick spiel, Stephen Conway. We yep. are part of the Fight Game Media Network. We are one of the <laughs> many video shows that air on the network, including Power Bomb Shows, which had an excellent, excellent discussion about Rochelle Rose and the Booker T situation that happened or was disclosed over the weekend and they are going to be, they talked about that. That's something that you can watch every Sunday at 1 PM Eastern. We also have the dynamite show that airs on Wednesday nights, uh, immediately after the dynamite show, uh, the AEW <laughs> dynamite. We are here uh, 5 30 PM Eastern every Thursday. This is one of those special shows that we do for the big events for new Japan Ro- wrestling. Cause we don't want to wait a week to talk about this stuff with you. Uh, we also have an audio network, fight game media Audio network we also have the speaking of strong style dedicated audio feed ourselves find it on spotify apple podcast and most major pod catchers that's the spiel other than that please like subscribe click share tell everyone about speaking of strong style because we will speak in about strong style continually until we hit 100 episodes 200 episodes 300 episodes and on <laughs>
0: With that, we're going to sign off for now. We will be back again 5:30 p.m. on Thursday. Fantastic Mania, we will be talking all about uh, <laughs> as the Lucha Libre stars of CMLL invade the New Japan Ring. It's going to be fun to watch. So, so uh,
1: I get to I get to immediately shut this off and find out if. Uh, Takahashi is, is in fact cosplaying playing a Kamatachi? I think so. I believe all so. All right.
0: Should so uh, we, we'll talk all about it then. So in the meantime, thank you so much for watching us live. Thank you so much for listening to us uh, afterwards. However you consume uh, speaking a strong style, we're grateful to have you in the audience. So for Jeremy Finestone, I'm Stephen Conway. Thank you once again. We'll talk to you again real soon.